This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, as we gather for worship today, we ask that you would speak deeply into our hearts. Really deep. Assure us of your love and lead us to joyfully follow you. We pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. James chapter four, verse eight says, come near to God and he'll come near to you. So how close are you to God? For some, the the answer might be, that's easy. I'm not close at all. I don't even know if I believe in him. For others, maybe it's, it's more like this. I'm actually struggling with that. Because I feel distant, and I know why I feel distant, because of what I've done. And I know if I were God, I wouldn't want to get too close to me, but I'm struggling over that. I feel distant. Maybe for some, the answer to that question is, well, I'd like to get closer and at least see what it's like, but I don't know how to. I don't know where to start. Maybe for some of us, the, the answer is, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm, I'm closer than others. I know that. Sometimes for some of us, maybe our, our relationship with God is, is kind of like a, a diet relationship with God. We do pretty well for a while and then we fall off the wagon. Kind of like me. I think for the most part, throughout the day, I eat pretty well. But then, like at 8 o'clock at night, this internal alarm goes off, and then it's, it's, it's cut loose time. I get on the hamster wheel of sweet and salty things. I'll, I'll eat chips and cookies and chips and candy and chips and ice cream and, and popcorn, and that's all before 8.15. <laughs> right. Sometimes in our relationship with God, we just cherish Him. Sometimes we forget about it. Sometimes we ignore him. Sometimes we just kind of like play with God. And into all of that, Jesus speaks to us, no matter how close or how far we are or think we are, Jesus comes and he, he speaks to us and says this to each one of us, love the Lord your God. And he kind of clarifies that a little bit more, explains that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Today we're continuing our series on the, on the book of James called Faith Works. And we're going to look at answering this question, how do I answer yes to God? 
we look into James and over the past number of weeks, really James is going to the heart of the matter, right? Sometimes James is asking us, are, are you self-righteous in pride? Do you think you're better than other people? Is it about you? In, in your individualism, do you think you're free to do whatever you want to do? It's, it's your life. You make the call. Or like Pastor Ben talked about last week is, you know, what's in our heart reveals itself through our speech and what we say. Who or what is number one in your heart? There's a battle going on there. For who or what is number one in your heart? You see, you and I, we were made to worship. We were made to have a number one in our heart. Our issue is, is ever since the fall, there's been a big battle going on. For who or what is number one? You see, every time you and I sin, no matter what it is, no matter if we think it's a small sin or a big sin or not all that big of a deal sin, every time we sin, whether that's thought, word, action, whatever it is, what we're really saying to God is, my will and my desire is more important to me than your will and your desire. Every time we sin, what we're saying to God is, I'm number one, in my heart, and you're not. We, we sometimes play with God, like I mentioned before. We, I love you, God, but not as much as my money. I, I love you, God, but not as much as my recreation, not as much as the game, not as much as the hobby, I, but I love you. I, I love you, God, but not as much as my work. I love you, but not as much as my family. I love you, God, but not as much as, and you know, you, you fill in the blank. You know this, right? That sometimes you and I will even love evil things. Sometimes you and I will, will love good things more than we love God. You see, uh, an idol is anything that steals our love from God. And our heart is actually an idol factory, pumping idols out 24-7. Author David Paulson gives us some questions to consider in our, in our lives, for our lives, if we have an idol or idols. And one of the questions he has is, what are the commands of God that you struggle to obey? Second question is, is what, who or what do you spend your time and money on effortlessly. It just comes, it's just a given. Who or what in your life, if he or she or it wasn't there, 
would rob the joy from your life? Who or what are you terrified of losing? Who or what do you talk about the most? And pastor and author Scott Saul says this, our over-desires cannot bring us lasting holiness, happiness, or the fulfillment we desire. Only Jesus can. Ironically, only when we love Jesus more than these things do we actually end up enjoying these things to a much fuller extent. And C.S. Lewis says, you know, seek out heaven, go after heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in too. But go after earth, and you'll end up with neither. And Jesus says all of that this way. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you, provided for you. So, is anything holding you back from God? Maybe for some of us, we're, we're a little tentative about getting close because we've done some bad things and we're afraid we're going to get in trouble. Kind of like the, the little boy that, that gets in trouble and tries to hide it from his dad. But you know, Christianity, that's, that's not what Christianity's like. Christianity is just when we mess up, when we, you know, oh my goodness, I messed up. I better go to my heavenly father for help. So is there anything holding you back from getting really close to God? Maybe for some, you're, you're afraid of the cost, that it, it costs you too much to get really close to God. And if that's you, what I'd ask you to consider is, is it costing you even more to stay distant? Not only now, but into the future. I mean, how many of us really have someone that will be there for us with open arms, loving us unconditionally 24-7? That's really God. He's there for us 24-7 with open arms and unconditional love. See, it's our, it's our sin that causes that distance and that separation. But God has a plan. His plan is to span that separation through Jesus Christ. Because you see, God does actually and truly love you unconditionally. God, God isn't tolerating you like, oh gosh, here we go again, but okay. He really loves you without condition. He created you and breathed life into you so that you could be close to him, not just in heaven, but right now. Right now. Maybe what 
might be shocking for some is that perhaps the greatest thing that could ever happen to you would be that you would stop holding God away at an arm's distance, but that you would actually let him in and that you would have a close and deep, really deep and intimate relationship with God. That you would be close. That you would love and serve God first. Remember Jesus on the cross? He's there on the cross and there's a guy on his left and a, and a guy on his right. You remember what the government said about those guys on his left and his right? What the government said in effect to each one of those guys is the world would be so much better of a place if you were dead. And so we're going to put you to death. Well, one of those guys while he was on the cross, repented of his sin and, and came to faith. And, and that, that one guy whom the Roman government said, the world would actually be a much better place if you were dead. That guy comes to Jesus and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, can, can I be close to you? Remember what Jesus said? He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. We're going to be close for all eternity. Remember when Jesus actually died there on the cross? Remember what happened in the temple? The temple curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. That temple curtain symbolized that there was God on one side of the curtain and human beings on the other side. There was separation. But that temple curtain was torn in two, and so it lets us know that we have 24-7 access to God with our deepest yearnings, our deepest desires. See, don't settle for distance. When Jesus paid so high a price to bring you close. God loves you before you ever even think of doing anything good. See, Christianity and moralism, they're not even close. Moralism says, if I do this good thing, then God will love me. Christianity is God loves us from the beginning. Again, before we even think of doing anything good. And he loves us continually, even through the bad things, the sinful things that we do. It's a true story. Matt is about 40 years old. The hair on his temples was just starting to turn a, a little bit gray. His face showed that he had had some pretty rough times in his life. But this firm handshake and the smile on his face assured the pastor that he was in a better place now. One Sunday after worship, 
Before Matt went home, he made his way over to the pastor, shook his hand, smiled at him and said, Pastor, I just want you to know the answer is yes. I just need to know the question. The answer is yes. I, I just need to know the question. I mean, if you were the pastor, what would you say? He caught, it, caught the pastor off guard. He kind of just smiled. Well, thank you, Matt. God bless you. Next week, after worship, again, Matt, before he goes home, makes his way over by the pastor, shakes the pastor's hand, firm handshake, says, Pastor, I just want you to know the answer is yes. I just need to know the question. Caught the pastor off guard again. But all week long, the pastor was thinking about it. It's not going to catch me again. Next week, same thing happens after worship. Matt goes up to the pastor, gives him a firm handshake. Pastor, a smile on his face. The answer is yes. I just need to know the question. And the pastor said to Matt, do you have time to meet me for coffee on Tuesday? And Matt said, the answer is yes. Right? So they met for Tuesday morning coffee and, and after their little chit chat to, to warm up and all that stuff, Matt just kind of changed everything and, and went deep. And he said, Pastor, you know, I was not always the guy that I am today. I've made some pretty bad mistakes, stumbled and I've fallen hard. I've had more than one addiction at a time. I've betrayed my wife. I've abandoned my kids. And as he's talking about his family, the tears start to well up in his eyes, roll down his cheeks. And he gathered himself and started up again. He said, but pastor, I, now I thank God for those lowly, lowly times. Because it was in those lowliest of times that I began to understand how desperate I was for Jesus Christ. And it's in one of those lowly, lowly times that a friend invited me to church. And he said, the first time I was in church, Pastor, you said that Jesus has unconditional love for all people. He said, Pastor, I needed that unconditional love so bad. I wanted it. Wanted it. And he said, I, I believe that that unconditional love was for everybody except for me. I just couldn't believe that it was actually for me. He said, but I, I kept coming back to worship and somehow or another, like every time you ended up saying it in one way or another, that Jesus accepts us, that he loves us unconditionally. He said, Pastor, I want you to know that now I believe that Jesus loves me 
unconditionally. And now both the men are crying. Matt gathers himself up and says, because of all that Jesus has done for me, because of his great love for me, Pastor, the answer is yes. I just need to know the question. Pastor, if you want me to mow the lawn or shovel the snow, the, the answer is yes. I want to serve Jesus. Pastor, if, if, if you need me to make a hospital call, the answer is yes. I'd, I'd love to love on other people like Jesus has loved me. Pastor, if there's a family that needs some financial assistance, it's kind of going through a rough spot. The answer is yes, I'll give without hesitation. Whatever the question is, the answer is yes, because of Jesus. What's your answer to God? For Matt and for many of us, how the Holy Spirit moved us to answer yes was through the Bible. If you want to answer yes to God, begin with reading the Bible. Don't, don't look at this big, huge book and, and all these things and get all confused and, you know, what's all going Read the Bible and just look for Jesus. Look for Jesus on page after page. That's all you need to do. All the other stuff, that'll all come into play. You'll get that. Just look for Jesus. This is what Jesus says. You study the scriptures diligently, because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Just read the Bible looking for Jesus. And maybe you're wondering, well, where do I begin? How do I start? Well, here's a way. VOTL.life slash Bible. Grab out your phone, take a picture of it. Write it in your notes. Type it in your notes. You go there and it'll take you right to the Bible plan that we're in right now. And you know, you know what's going to happen tomorrow? Tomorrow in that Bible plan is John chapter 11. Incredible chapter. You're going to see Jesus' compassion. You're going to see his love, his power, his resurrection power. The depth of his very being. You'll see him relate to you and understand you. It's one way. Or you can just maybe start with the book of John itself, fourth book in the New Testament, about 75% of the way through, and just read a chapter a day. Read 10 verses a day. It's okay. Just read it looking for Jesus. Or go to your search engine, 
and type in verse of the day. And you'll have that verse right there and just concentrate, meditate on that throughout the day and just see Jesus. That's the purpose. And as we turn to the pages of scripture and and we see Jesus, Jesus will also give us some guidance for our lives. Kind of like when when builders are building a house, they use a level to make sure that the walls are set so they don't come tumbling down on us. Jesus gives us some words too to keep us set, to keep us firm. Says in Matthew 7, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Closer to God. Read the Bible, look for Jesus, and follow his word. And one of the things Jesus tells us to do in in following his word is to pray. Do you know how to pray? You know, there, there are no secret words or special words that you've got to use. You don't have to use a a specific format. All you just need to do is share your heart with God. Pour your heart out with God. And that will be the perfect prayer. J.S. Park says, don't ever, ever think that you've been gone too long to come to him. God is not some spiritual parole officer waiting for you to fail. If you strayed from prayer or never prayed, he's not keeping score. If you don't feel him at all, tell him that. I don't feel you right now, God. Pray with any amount of faith that you have. Ask for faith if you have none. If you're mad, tell him. If you're ashamed, guilty, confused, afraid, doubtful, tell him. He can handle that. He's understanding, patient, gracious. He loves you. You'll soon find that you want to talk with him because he's actually pretty awesome to talk to. One of the ways... So we read the Bible and get closer to God. One of the words that, that Jesus has for us is to one another, each other. In other words, to have friends and, and supporters. Moses, one of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament, if not the greatest leader in the Old Testament, had friends that held him up and supported him. Guys named Aaron and her. I'm so blessed to have family and friends that support and encourage and guide and correct me and love me even when I'm unlovable. 
great way to one another, each other, is to be in a life group. We've got a, a number of them going. We can always have more and, and do better and, and all those things. Be in a life group. There's no expectation that I know all these things about the Bible to be in the life group. That's why we're meeting together, gathering around God's word, pray, be there for one another. Have some people who can support, encourage, love, guide, correct you, and that you can do the same for them. Get closer to God. It's my prayer that we would read the Bible and see Jesus, that we would pray with all of our heart, and that we would want another, each other. And here's the thing the closer we get to God, the closer we realize He's been all along. The closer we get to God and, and experience his grace, his mercy, his power, his strength, his comfort, his joy, his wisdom, his understanding, all that, the more the Holy Spirit knocks on our hearts and leads us to answer yes to God. Let's pray. Lord God, there are many things that are calling for our heart's attention and desire, commitment, and love. And all of them end up in a very empty place, except for you. Lord God, you're calling us. You're calling us through Jesus. You're calling us through Jesus' love for us come near to you. Lord, lead us, lead us, pour out your Holy Spirit so that we come near to you, so that our answer is freely and joyfully and with great love. Yes. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.